Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Copcast podcast. I'm your host Neil Patterson and joining me tonight to chat about Liverpool and all the goings on are three esteemed guests. Um, first up we've got John Henderson in Belfast. How's it going John? All very well Chief, thank you. Hope all's well there in Berlin. Yeah absolutely, well, it's going well but been a while so nice to have you back. Good, good. Nice to be back. So, so and uh, alongside John, in, but in London, we've got uh, Umar Anaz. How's it going, Ums? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. And Neil, yourself? Yeah, it feels like it's been an age since we've done it. It has. So, yeah, too, uh, too long. And uh, also in Belfast tonight, last but not least, we've got Dave Dunning. How's it going, Dave? Yes, good, thanks. Um, Good, thanks, Chief. I'm just preparing myself for the, the cold snap, which will signal in six months of freezing weather. So I'm looking forward to getting the fire lit, if nothing else. Excellent stuff. Cozy nights by the fire. Red wine. Ah, you know it, man. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> All right. Excellent stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll get straight into it then. And um, we're recording this on uh, yeah Thursday twenty fifth, so the night after Liverpool beat uh, Red Star Belgrade four 0 in the Champions League, and yeah recorded a much needed victory. So I'm just gonna start with John here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game? Uh, anything you'd uh, yeah anything you'd pick out about it? Well, I thought there was a lot to pick out of it, and Chief, you know, it was um. Picked up bones out there. Uh, I think it was really, you know, overall it was really positive. Um, I think we needed a game like that, to be honest. We needed a game where um, our attack got going. Um, I think, I think the, the the big one for last night was probably just seeing the lineup, and you know, rightly or wrongly, it probably felt like, you know, that with Kato wasn't playing obviously because he's. You know, he's injured and he, he hasn't really got going yet. But it felt like, for a lot of people, that's our best team um, right now. Um, maybe Keita and for Shakiri, arguably longer term. But it, it just felt like the right team. Uh, some of the things we've seen recently, you know, with this. Uh, and, I, and I don't think, you know, Gomez was put into right back and there was a lot of people, you know, getting annoyed that he was breaking up a great partnership he has with Van Dyke. But I genuinely wasn't bothered by that because I just thought, you know, he was he, he was doing it because Trent had looked a bit tired, especially in Napoli, and he was he was wrestling him. So uh, it was a really good team lineup. I think everyone liked the look of the team, and then obviously the opposition that shipped six goals in Paris. So everybody was hoping, right? This is the team we need. We we've always felt we just needed our attack to find our mojo again, and it was a good game for that. And I don't think we were brilliant in the first half. There were some lovely wee passages of football, but. Definitely in the second half, especially, and I sort of felt the last um, 20 minutes or so, some of the stuff that, you know, even the way Firmino played in um, Mane at the end and he missed, it just felt like us again. You know, we, we really looked like we were we were on it, and it was really positive. And obviously the big pluses were, you know, another clean sheet strolled through the game. But Fabinho was a massive plus because... You know, he was one of the signings that we really felt we needed as a real strong, physical, big presence in there in the number six. I've seen a few people on Twitter today talking about him like he's almost like the nearest thing we've had in a while since Mascherano left, where he just absolutely 
monster at every tackle. He was so dominant and his passing and all was really crisp. He was looking to go forward. So, yeah, really, really good. And then obviously Shakiri as well. Um, he just looks like a really good signing for the money we paid for him. Just a really good footballer. Um, and the the pass he done to Robertson for the first goal sort of yeah. typical of that. He's done a few of those. You know, he set up Salah's goal. Um, as a way to pass for um, he set up Salah's goals Huddersfield as a way to pass than that last night so yeah you know really really good really good performance and I think we all now just hope that's the catalyst now for the front three to really start delivering um, week in week out and um, you know if, if the way we've been defending which has been excellent if, if our you know, if our front three can kick on now and start finding their form again, um, we're going to have a we're going to have a really really good season, I think. Yeah, well, it's interesting you mentioned the front three there because <clears throat> they've been taking uh, maybe a little bit of a flack, or or there've been uh, a few questions asked uh, so far this season with uh, run run about the idea of of not clicking, and I think it was was fair to say um, that they uh, haven't quite got going um, fully yet this season. But, yeah, we're seeing signs now in the, over the last couple of games um, and certainly uh, in the Red Star game that they are starting to, to yeah, really uh, play themselves into form, I suppose you would say. What, what do you make of that, Dave? Um, what did you make of last night in general? And would you say, would you, do you think it's fair to say that it just looked a, a lot sharper, a lot quicker, a lot more intuitive? From the three of them again, or the, the four of them even? Um, yeah, uh, I took I took loads from last night. I know that the opposition wasn't wasn't exactly the highest caliber, and I think they showed yeah. that last yeah. week amongst. Yeah. yeah, they showed that last week amongst um, suspicious circumstances. Let's say. If any account should be to be believed, that, allegedly, allegedly, yeah, allegedly, um, that that they they could ship goals and it could have been twice that really, like couldn't it? You know, with the you know Lalana's one on one, Mane's one on one, the missed penalty, you know, yeah, it, you know, it it could have been twice that easily. Um, but I thought we, I thought Shakiri's presence showed the limitations when. The limitations in the midfield when it's when it's that Milner, Wijnaldum, um, Henderson, three. You know it, that that shows the limitations because there's not really anybody looking to to, to get beyond to get beyond the the ball um, to get ahead of the ball and make late runs into the box. There's there's not really anybody with that ability to beat men and open up space themselves and, and, and see a pass and play a pass that, that gets, you know, one of the fullbacks in behind or or for security's touch for instance that leads Sal in for his goal. Um and, and that's where that's where, you know, people may start to to comment on the the the, the missing out of Fakir if you want. Um, whatever way you want to put it, the pulling out of Fakir, that sounds awful, but you know, you know what I mean. Um, steady, steady. Yeah, I know, steady. I know, I know. I know I'm a bit excited about the Reds and all, but I'm, I'm not that excited quite yet. Um, but there's, there's, there's I, I suppose it, it left, it answered a few questions and it asked a few questions. Um, I saw some pressing stats during the week as well, where, um, We've pressed like there's I think there's eight teams that have pressed 
pressed the ball more than we have in the league this season, and that's really not like us. So, you know, I think that asks the question, has Klopp been managing the players tactically? Yeah, up to to this point. Um, And the other thing I've noticed is we've seen a bit more rotation in this section of the season than we saw last last year. Um, And I don't know whether that's due to the size and the quality of the squad or the fact that he started, he'd, he'd rotate a bit more. Because if you remember last year, like during that winter period, he really did start, like he, he was making three, four, five changes nearly every game. Do you remember? Um, and it became absolutely crazy. And that was the point where it became so obvious that he was doing it. They start pointing out the, the, the changes, stats that we were top of, that he changed more players than anybody else. So yeah. I'm just wondering, is, is this another, is this another, um, thing that Klopp's learnt from a further season in the Premier League that he's decided he's going to give the guys leave a bit more in the tank by, you know, rotating a bit more at the start of the season and also easing that pressing game off in some of the games. So, again, I don't know whether it's by accident or or by design. Um, we'll see. And and Johnny's right, Fabinho looked absolutely excellent. He looks like an absolute monster. Um, I think it's also fair to say that the two centre halves have like they're like they're right at the top of the gene pool, aren't they? <laughs> they're, they're just two absolute Fine physical specimen, specimens. Yeah. Oh, honestly, though, like that's see that point where Gomez he's just he just glided across the grass, Dick. and the guy had the ball was rolling towards um, the Red Star player, and he must have had like three or four yards on Gomez. And Gomez got to him, not even just to win the tackle, but he just took the ball off him before he even got there. Um, Dave, do you, know what, do you know what as well? Jonathan Norcroft put a tweet out where he showed that clip. It's about it's only about 10 seconds. And do you know the point he made, which I thought was excellent? Gomez actually started out tracking another player. He was actually moving in field, looking at a completely other player. Then the guy got the head up and slipped the ball out to that guy. And then Gomez just turned and went, all right, fair enough. It's him. And then after race against night, fair play. I mean, he's got about four yards on me, but I'll I'll just arrive there with about five yards to spare. He's he's just, he's unreal, isn't he? He's so he's quick over the ground. so fast. And Van Dijk, again, is so quick. And between Allison's position and how high he likes to play up the pitch and the pace that those two have at centre half, See the benefits of that to enable a team to play a high line and squeeze a team into their own half. That, like, that you, you see that in so few sides, even top sides, like even Juventus, there's no pace at the back there, you know? Um, and if you have pace at the back, like maybe Barca do, um, or even City to an extent, you sacrifice certain defensive qualities, which I honestly think with with these two centre halves we don't. No. So you know it, it's it's a, it honestly is a, it's a phenomenal pairing, and it's no surprise the 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 defensive record we've had at home and we've had this season um, are what they are. Well, that I mean it all it all sort of ties in. I want to come on to Amara on this and and on the game last night because again it it, it shows uh, well it all it all kind of rolls into one is that it works both ways when you've got when you've got the defenders that you've got in the center back pairing that you've got and you can squeeze teams in uh, so it works it works to ramp up the pressure but at the same time 
in the Premier League when you're playing um, the smaller teams, that, or not even the smaller teams, the, the teams that are at the, at the bottom of the league or, or close to the bottom, it also enables you to win those games 1-0. It enables you to, to conserve energy. It enables you not to have to, to press them high and not to worry about conceding offset pieces and all the rest of it. So it's it's yeah it's a, it's a double edged uh, well it's a double bonus really it's 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 win win uh, all around and I think that's the the big difference with Liverpool this year. I mean the stats the stats back it up three goals conceded all season and um, Umara last night we didn't look at any point obviously Red Star. Aren't the uh, as we said aren't aren't stellar opposition these days and and didn't offer anything at all but um, last night defence and attack seemed to seem to both be be on top of their games. Yeah, I think this is exactly how you kind of envisage any Liverpool fan wants Liverpool to be playing. You know, we all, we knew that we had the attack. We just needed to sort out the defence, which we have done now. But obviously, last maybe eight or nine games, we've seen that our attack wasn't firing. But yesterday, it kind of felt like Liverpool of old, but with the added bonus, like you said, of having a, a watertight defence, which is um, just music to our ears because it's something that's just been our Achilles heel for the last, God knows how long, 10 years, maybe also. Exactly, yeah. So it's something that's um, brilliant to see. Hopefully the attack continue to go from strength to strength. You saw with front three score yesterday. So like I said, similar to last season, um, having flashbacks of just the the link-up play that they were um, producing. The final ball still a little bit off, but they looked a little bit sharper than they had done in recent games. Um yeah, I mean, against Huddersfield even, although we just only won that 1-0, Salah looked sharper as well, whereas he'd looked off before as well. So it kind of seems like it's all falling into place. And now our next run of fixtures are quite favourable. I don't like to say that because it's always um something that bites us. Yeah, exactly. But I'm hoping with the defence we've got now, it doesn't. Because you like you said, those tight games, the Huddersfield one, I don't think we were winning that or possibly you could have been drawing that last season maybe even losing it the Leicester game was a two, was it 2-1 to us where Alisson gave the gave them the goal so that's another one that could have been you know we could have dropped points in that one so that's the advantage of having um the defense defensive partnership that we've got Gomez like you guys have said he's got the pace to handle it and you've got Van Dyke next to him, who's calm and composed, who just calms everything around him anyway. And he reads the game and his, in, his sort of interception is, is much better. Where, so he doesn't have to rely on his pace that much because he's always kind of getting uh, dealing with the problem beforehand. But um, they complement each other really well. I mean, uh, Gomez has been absolutely brilliant since he's come in um, in the beginning of that season. So absolutely deserved his place back. Let's see what he does against... Um, Cardiff on Saturday I have a feeling that he might make a few changes because it's at home um, just to get a, some some of some of the other players a few a bit more minutes but yeah I mean Red Star when they first started had it they had a go didn't they they were kind of pressing and pushing and uh, you felt like they thought they maybe had nothing to lose um, they kind of maybe came to Anfield thinking they weren't going to win anyway so maybe might as well have a go but you know obviously it didn't work out for them it's not it was always going to there was just going to come a point where they wouldn't be able to sustain it. Um, and the uh, the fullbacks as well. I mean, 
Andy Robertson yesterday looked a little bit better with his um, crossing and passing into the box than he has done in recent um, games. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we had Trent back, so that was nice to see um, after him being left out for a couple of games, rested probably. Um, Fabinho, you guys have mentioned, I think the one thing we didn't mention was that he was booked quite early on and still he maintained his discipline to because that could have kind of other lesser, let's say, midfielders might have let that affect their game, might have been not been able to to play the, the way that they do, but he managed to still continue and, and play a brilliant game, man of the match for some people. Um, Shakiri as well, I mean, I'm not sure whether I want to start or whether I'd still like him an option him to be an option off the bench because having him as an option off the bench is is brilliant as well. I mean, we we need to. There are some games where it's not going to work, as we've seen in previous games in this season where our attack hasn't kind of functioned as as well as they did before. It's brilliant having Sturridge and uh, in back in form as well, and now you've got Shakiri. So obviously he's versatile, so he can play, you know, up front and in midfield and. Yeah, he just provided that little spark yesterday. As you mentioned, he got the assist. And when he had the ball, you felt like something was going to come of it. You know, there was going to be an attack coming off the back of it. So it was all, all brilliant yesterday. I think um, just hoping that that carries on, really. Alisson had nothing to do at all. I don't think he even touched the ball. I think he did a one brilliant throw out. And we were like, oh, my God, he found his his um, his, his man with pinpoint accuracy. We know that his distribution is brilliant anyway. But I think other than that, he'd probably need to have a shower after the game. But, um, yeah, all good. All brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Fabinho's been, been touched on by, I think, all of you in, the, in, in what you've said there. And I want to maybe uh, go, into, go into that in a little bit more detail because, obviously, it's his first... Yeah, it's, it's his proper debut, I guess. It's, it's his first time in after his time out, shall we say. And he starts him, uh, Klopp starts him, and... Um, you know, he, uh, from Klopp's comments, he, he changed the system and tweaked the system specifically to suit Fabinho, played him in his best system, and uh, it was more of a 4-2-3-1, and yeah, with, with, alongside Gini Wijnaldum, and he really um, showed us, I think, what he's about, so I mean, we, we, I think the, we've probably all seen the video going around on Twitter of, of his performance, I think... BT Sport made it of, of him. Uh, I think he won 18 jewels out of 24, something like that. Um, so I think that's from what I saw. Anyway, the stats that's 11 more jewels than any other Liverpool player at, in any game so far this season. Um, so obviously uh, that stood out, but also he, he, he was able to carry the ball, he was able to drive from midfield. Um, his reading of the game was excellent. What did, um, what did you make of him? Johnny? Yeah, I mean, I thought he was, you know, I really thought he was excellent. Um, there, there, there's, you know, you're talking about that video. He, he, did, he did win a hell of a lot of balls. I think the, the big one was he was in 24, what they call these days jewels, yeah. which I know it sounds very old-fashioned, doesn't it? Like, it's like just of these images of people, yeah, like stored out, or you know, you're walking away and like get a, a gunfight or Clint Eastwood or something. But uh, <laughs> go up and slap your uh, man in the face of your glove, <laughs> or slapping yeah. them with, yeah, or, or a joust, yeah, like mm, an old fashioned joust. Like, 
bit of fencing, yeah. So, you know, they like the statues, but I've seen one where you had like 24 of them, which just seems like an awful lot in, a, in, in 90 minutes. You know, it's like one every three or four minutes he was getting stuck in, and he won something like 18 of them. But, yeah, I think for me, a couple of things... Klopp said that, didn't he, after the game, that he played like a double six, which he said is his favoured position. You know, he likes to have someone deep in that six alongside him. And I just like the balance uh, of the team. I I, I mean, it was obviously it's the first time in a real proper game that, you know, Fabinho, Genie and um, Shakiri would have played together. And I think Van Dijk made a good comment after the game when he was talking and he said, you know, it was chaos. You know, he said there was a bit of chaos in the first 20 minutes. I think that was to be expected. It was just those guys were sort of, hadn't played together before. So although they would have been trained, and I know Klopp's, you know, you know he's well regarded for his preparation and practicing and stuff. But, but obviously when you get out in the pitch, it's a different thing. So it did feel the first 20 minutes, it was a bit helter-skelter, guys settling in. Fabinho early on, he, he looked a bit over-anxious. You know, he was a bit over-eager. Some of the tackles, you were almost wincing, going, oh, Christ, he's going to... He, he could be walking here after half an hour. He's, he's a bit over the top in his aggression because he was obviously that keen to prove, you know, I need to be in this team, and he was showing what he was about. But, you know, the, just the balance he brought, I think, was excellent. You know, he, he, he used the ball really well, Um he, he's so physical. He's, he's just a big man. You know, he, he won a lot of balls that he didn't really have a right to win. Um, and I, I just think there was something in that, and that you know, a lot of games that we're going to play this season are going to be um, against teams that don't have ambition and are really going to be, you know, their whole game is going to be about um, damage limitation when they play us. And I think that's a formation there that. You know, we've got a platform with, with, with the two playing in the six where Genie can have a wee bit more freedom maybe to go forward, but it just frees up the likes of Shakiri to really just go and create and that front three and it gives the fullbacks the freedom to really bomb on. And you've seen that with the first goal, Robertson, I think that was his fourth assist of the season. Uh, I'd read somewhere, which is obviously really impressive considering it's only October and he's a fullback. So, yeah, really, really good. I mean, I, I was just delighted to see him in. I, I was a big fan of him at Monaco. I thought in a Monaco team that did exceptionally well, you know, they, they people forget, you know, they won the French League up against, a, you know, a, PA, you know, a Paris team that are just rolling in it. And he was an absolute colossus for them. He was a linchpin in that team. He was, you know, he was the captain um, so I've never had any doubts, and you know it was a bit. Of, I was I was getting a bit frustrated that he wasn't on the team, um, and and now it just seems like Klopp, Klopp obviously knows more than any of us, and it looks like he's timed it well. He's put him in at a time where you know you can you look at the next sort of set of games, where like a Cardiff coming up, and you know the, the, the you've got Watford and stuff, and just the next run of league games. There's a there's a run of games coming up. Obviously, we do have Arsenal on that as well, but. It just looked like a good set of games now for him to really establish himself. So, yeah, it was. It was brilliant. It was really encouraging. And I just think he's just really good on the ball as well. He gets his head up and he looks for the for the forward pass. So, yeah, all really, really positive with him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you mentioned his Monaco days and, uh, and, yeah, the question marks then over why he perhaps hadn't been getting to the team. But I think uh, we'd all sort of 
come come round to the fact that uh, Klopp was was getting him ready. And as you mentioned, it does seem like he's been dropped in at uh, at, a, at an opportune moment. So, um, Dave, what do you reckon he keeps his place then for the next few? Uh, do you think that's him in now? Do you think we we might see? This system a little bit more now over over the next run of games. Um, think this has maybe been the plan, or or are you not so sure? It's a funny one. I've been I've actually been thinking about this a bit. Um, I think first and foremost, Henderson's not going to be back for for Cardiff anyway. So I presume he'll I presume he'll keep his place simply on that basis. Um, Milner may or may not come back in. Don't know, but. I don't think it would be for Fabinho. Um, I also have noticed how difficult it seems to be for people these days to say Fabinho because them taking them four years to get used to saying Firmino and not Firmino seems to have really impacted them yeah. now. So saying Fabinho, Fabinho, yeah. Now saying Fabinho instead of Fabinho, which is really starting to wind me up, and I nearly caught myself on doing it. So, so apart from that, yes, I do expect him to keep his place. Um, it's it's a strange one. There, there's there's a a possibility that as this season goes on, and certainly in the next season, that you could see this type of team against these types of teams. So your Cardiff's at home, your Newcastle's at home, your Watford's, your Southampton's, your Brighton's and things like that, that you really want to go and get at and you really want to go and, and you know, um, take the game to them and impose yourself on the other team. And then maybe what you find is your Henderson's and your Milner's, they're your Ferguson's equivalent of of Darren Fletcher and Park Ji Sung, where in the big games where you need someone to do a job, to be mature, to be disciplined, to know exactly what you want, to lead on the pitch, they get dropped in away at Old Trafford or home to City or you know away to Juventus in the Champions League semi-final or something like that. Now, I don't know, but it's... It's just there's a, there's a, a parallel between between that because you have this young energetic midfield between you know we're not and you know we feel the mess. I thought with Alden was absolutely excellent against Red Star. I thought he was absolutely superb. Um, so when you've got players like him who are a bit more technically gifted, um, and there's a real youth and exuberance about that side now, and not only that, there's a huge physicality about that side now. That, that certainly lacked before um, and you thought you may be lost with Chan moving on but let's be honest you know from what I've seen of, of Fabinho Emery Chan's sitting on the bench there for Juventus and Fabinho's coming in to play on that side and impose himself on that side and there's not it's not a comparison in the two players so I don't know it, it, it'll be interesting to see as the season goes on and, and looking at the individual games and what sides are picked um particularly as we move into the business end of the season, who plays which games, I suppose is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, interesting. I mean, Arsenal away is probably our next, uh, well, it is our next big test in, in, in inverted commas. Arsenal won 11 on the bounce, and um, 
I just wonder, uh, obviously with the Henderson injury that you've mentioned and, and Milner has a nagging sort of hamstring going on there as well. Um, do you think, yeah, do you think, Amara, that we're, we're likely to see the likes of Fabinho keep his place, the likes of Shakiri now, um, you know, stake his claim uh, for a starting berth as opposed to, to being a bench player uh, and not just for the home games against Red Star or, or uh, away at Huddersfield but actually, or, or home, home against Cardiff, but actually away at the Emirates or uh, and so on, that, that, that these players are now, now ready, shall we say, because to me Fabinho, from what we saw last night, looks to offer an awful lot, and Shakiri as well, uh, being the link, uh, that little bit of little bit of flair, that little bit of quality, that uh, or I suppose, what is it, just the ability to, to do something extraordinary that we, we haven't necessarily had so far this season, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think at the moment, obviously, with the injuries that um, you guys mentioned to Henderson and Milner, we'll probably see something similar. But you could just never predict what Klopp's going to do. He he does have this thing where he's quite reluctant to... Um, he's not like... We've said it before, maybe he's not ruthless enough. Like, in the recent games, he did bring Lovren back in. And I know that he um, was probably resting Trent but, you know, people were really upset that he brought him back in. And he seems to sh- just show a lot of loyalty to certain players. I don't know if Henderson, he would drop him for good. I think he would pr- pr- change it around a bit, according to, like you said, the games that they play. But um, Shakiri seems ready to me. I don't know, Fabinho was um, a little bit slower and coming in. I mean, he wasn't even on the bench in the beginning, was he? So he, uh, whereas Shakiri was. Um so I think that he'll probably play again on the weekend because of it. I think we're at home, aren't we, to Cardiff? Yeah, yeah. Probably stay there. And then I'd, I'm not sure if I think that if he plays, if there's um, Henderson and Milner recover and I, I, if Fabinho plays, I'd be surprised. I think he would go back to playing those players that have done, played these big games before away um, in away stadiums. So I'd be surprised if Fabinho started Arsenal. but And I wouldn't be um, against it. I really like him. So I think, you know, the more that he plays these games, the more experience he gets, the, the better he'll get. So, But I still think that that's a big call at the minute, even, even because this is the first game, I think, the full game he's played. So... And then, and then there's just Cardiff in between and then Arsenal after that. So I think you'll maybe see Klopp go back to maybe Milner and Henderson in those games. But it's just fantastic to have the option, isn't it? If you need them, if you need to change something in the game, you know that you can bring him on. But I would like to see him continue playing more and more games as we go on. I think we'll see that. I think with Oxlade-Chamberlain last season as well, I don't think he started playing properly until maybe November or something. So it, it does take, Klopp does um, kind of, ease his players in he doesn't just throw them in at the deep end you know he wants to kind of develop them and get them used although Oxley Chamberlain was already a Premier League player so maybe a different scenario with him but with Fabinho it's he's come from a different league um and then you know it just he Klopp obviously needs to just ease him back in uh, ease him into the games rather than just just um just start him from the from the start which we're all, we're all impatient but Klopp knows what his players are capable of and what their development needs to be so we just kind of um look at it from an outsider's point of view and absolutely know nothing of what goes on so we have all, all these opinions but he's the one who knows what to do so yeah I think he'll tinker with it for now 
Um, but I'd love to see Fabinho continue to start. Shakiri, like I said, I'm not sure whether I like him starting or whether I like him as an impact sub off the bench because I think he's brilliant at both. So, but it's again, it's just so brilliant to have that versatility in the team where you've got these players that can do everything. So if there are any injuries, you know that you've got like last season we didn't have anything to fall back on really. We had our first team and then the drop off in quality on the bench was was huge. We saw that all throughout the season. Um and then when Oxley Chamberlain got injured in the in the Champions League, we really missed him after that, I think. We felt that quite hard. So it's um, a, a difficult one to predict, I think, but I think you'll see a few changes here and there on and off with Klopp. You, you just don't know what he's going to do, really. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very much a, a kind of 16-17 now, isn't it, really? Uh, maybe even mm. 18, uh, as opposed yeah. to 12 or 13 we had last season. So uh, the squad's definitely definitely improved and the options are, are, are interesting and, and exciting. You look at the bench... Um, and even even when you still got uh, the likes of uh, of a Divock Origi on it, it's still it's still a very strong bench. You you don't have kids there. You you're not making up the numbers uh, in in any way, shape, or form. You've got um, you've got quality there. And um, Shakiri, you mentioned as an impact sub, is interesting. I mean, he's he's done well at both so far this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think yeah, the rotation. We're, we're bound to see, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably see more of it as, as time goes on. It was interesting also that the little tweak in the system last night. You saw Bobby uh, kind of drop a little, uh, drop a little deeper. Um, He's very deep, wasn't he? he? He almost played as a ten, in a way. He uh, he dropped. He seemed to he seemed to play deeper than than the other. Yeah, I think that's why he was playing as a ten, and yeah. Salah was up striker. Yeah, so Salah and Mane were, were a little bit further forward. Salah was mm. the furthest forward, but it's it's it gives you options that system. Uh, it gives you options, more options to rotate, and um, yeah, it, it's it, it it allows you to get that uh, fourth attacker on as well. I think in a way um, that links in because you you've got Shakiri, Firmino, Bobby, uh, Shakiri. Firmino, Salah, and Mane there. So you've got that extra extra player, and that seemed to help in in, in the way that uh, the attack functioned last night. Uh, we've all been talking about the, the front three. As uh, I mean, as a, a Liverpool collective, we've been talking about whether they're clicking or not. But the addition of that of that fourth player and the link, the way it worked, it it seemed to seemed to provide the spark. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a fair point, um, and I think what's interesting about it as well, this idea of, of Salah playing down the middle with with Firmino a, a bit um, deeper, it's interesting because you could see the likes of Sturridge flipping into that quite easier, you know, you could quite easily. Um, whereas when you think of you know Sturridge coming into that conventional front three playing wide, you know, you ne- you never would see him as being quite as effective wide right as um, Salah Sala is or wide left as, as Mane is so it's no you are right it's interesting and I'm wondering as well as Klopp sort of you know there's probably a couple of things in Klopp's thinking with that you know the double six you play in the two it sits Fabinho um, or Fabinho sorry Dave um, to play <laughs> to play there um, and them as well it means that you know you can 
I think one of the things we've seen earlier this season, and, and it's and it's a bit difficult to say, is it because of his form or, you know, Firmino, it, it has felt like he's been squeezed out of a lot of games. It does feel like a lot of teams defensively have really looked at Liverpool and went, you know what, he's their key man. He, he leads their, a lot of their ball winning. He, he, a lot of the play goes through him. And he creates these gaps for Salah and, and Mane. And it was interesting that Klopp's maybe thinking about that. Do we bring him a bit further out the pitch, try and draw the centre-backs out that bit more? It's interesting. But, it, but I think as a formation, you know, um, I think we'll see it again. And I think well, it, I, I have a feeling that Klopp will start using this as a pretty much a go-to formation against a lot of the weaker opposition. And on the evidence of last night, that's probably not um, a bad idea. Chief, I was going to ask you, and I suppose this comes back to what, what Johnny was going to say, or what Johnny was saying, um, what what I've seen in Sturridge's cameos was a lot more like what Firmino was doing against Red Star, where it is that little bit deeper than it would be and Salah filling in behind him and almost making it a, almost making it a two but not quite a two more it's just it's 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 strange um but Salah's certainly always the highest up the pitch and then you've you've Mane coming in from the left to almost make up a two but Sturridge has been dropping into those deeper pockets you know like not just in between the lines, but almost in the midfield. In fact, in in fact, in the midfield. Um, and there's at the beginning, I thought that was just Sturridge being Sturridge. But after seeing what Firmino was asked to do last night, is that? I just wonder what your thoughts were. Is that more by design, and was that something that the club was building up to in, in seeing this type of role for the? Centre forward, if you can call it that, these days. Well, he sort of, he, he sort of. I mean, we've seen this formation or uh, the formation and and the same players uh, at once before the season. He played it against Southampton, didn't he? But he he had uh, he had Shakiri and Firmino in the in the in the opposite roles, and he. he Pulled off Shakiri didn't he, at half time, and it, it's sort of pretty well. It's pretty similar, and he's reversed the roles this time. He's got Firmino on the ball um, a lot more, and, and Firmino was was much more of a facilitator last night. You know, he was he was much deeper, and um, he scores the goal. Um, but you know, he's not particularly involved in 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 the big moment, the other big moments for Liverpool per se. Not conspicuously involved. But the work that he's doing in that area is allowing the others, I think, from what, what we saw last night, to, to link up much better and to get beyond him. Um, because you're right, he say he had he has sort of been, um, what should we say, marshalled very uh, very well this season so far. And I think a lot of teams have, have now, uh, and opposition managers, are, are given know how good Firmino is and know that, that he's one of one of if not our most important player um, certainly in the way that we play and, and how the, the front five or six really operates uh, as, a, as a unit so it was something a little bit different um, and it seemed to work um, as I said that that we um, that that 4-3-1 or 4-3-1 uh, 
um, and he's not far wide. He, uh, he obviously gets two against Red Star, um, and it's the first time that all three of the of our front three have been on the score sheet, and that particular three have been on the score sheet since Roma away, I believe, or Roma at home, one of those. Um, so quite a while. So positive signs. Are we happy with with how we're sitting now, or, and and are we going to see us begin to really sort of move through the gears and 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 kind of uh, put in some more um, some perhaps higher class or, or more um, more swashbuckling performances over the, over the next little while. What way do you see see it going tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. As we mentioned before, the run of fixtures really suits. Um, so, for example, the attack just to get their bit of confidence back. They did seem to uh, one or two of them. I know I don't know. This is maybe my me, my conspiracy theory theorist side coming out. But Salah didn't really hasn't really looked happy. Um, I've been told uh, to shut up, and I've just I'm just making things up. But he just doesn't seem the same. I don't know if that's just because he's not doing what he did last year. Maybe he's putting a bit too much pressure on himself to replicate what he did last season. Although I think even he knows that that's not going to be replicated anytime soon. Um, so, you know, it's just maybe a, just those things. He, I mean, even last season, I remember when he would miss a, a chance, he'd have a little hissy fit on the, on the, on the field, a little jump in the air, like a little tantrum a child would be having. But he just doesn't, you know, he's not celebrating the same and stuff like that. So hopefully these next um, set of games will help him. And I mean, Mane seems to be fine, but even just finding their, um, just finding them the magic that they had last season and getting back to, to scoring regular goals every game, maybe, or putting it, you know, all three of them I'm talking about, not maybe just the one, but all three of them scoring now. Um, getting their confidence back um, and getting uh, just getting back to to where they were last season. I think, as we said, you know, the, the pressure they put, they probably think that they need to do it again all this season, and it's not going to be the same. I think Klopp's even mentioned that defensively they've made changes, and defensively the how the team has tightened up is always going to affect how the attack works. So he said he's not worried. So. Um, but obviously he's the manager. He knows a bit more about the game than we do. So he he kind of he he knows what what part of his team is clicking and why it's not and why and what the reasons behind it. So if he's not worried, then I don't suppose we should be either. But you know we we will always know a lot more sort of ten, eleven, twelve games in, and I think we're around about that stage now. You always get you've had the World Cup as well. That can affect the players at the beginning of the the season. Maybe they've got niggling injuries that they've not mentioned. It doesn't. It's, it's a, a number of things. So hopefully these next run of fixtures can calm everyone down and and just there's we had a horrific run of fixtures, didn't we? Just before the international break, we had those seven back to back games that were just a really high quality with high quality opposition and and just physically really demanding. And now. <laughs> possibly can just take a slight little step back and not take your foot off the gas but but just you know he could he could play around with a few different players and the team can just kind of breathe a little bit possibly so I mean the Arsenal one in the middle was the one that sticks out but I'm not sure about Arsenal myself yet hopefully we'll put an end to the this run that they're on but they haven't played any one of note yet so I'm not too concerned but it's away, so and away games against the big teams are always tricky. But it, you know that's the only one that that stands out. But the others should hopefully 
help the team get back to to where they were last season. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's the the point. Um, we've had the 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 nightmare run of fixtures. We've not been clicking in inverted commas. We've not not really gotten going. Uh, almost, we've, as we touched on before, we've we've kind of been uh, at times playing within ourselves, maybe conserving energy. Uh, maybe uh, happy with the one nil and, and and happy to build on clean sheets. It's it's only three goals conceded, uh, as I said. And, and even after all that, Johnny, we find ourselves at the at the twenty three or at the twenty three point mark, joint top or second on goal difference. Uh, is it now maybe uh, time to to step on the gas? So we say, put the foot down a bit in the next round. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think when you look at the the games that we've had, it, it has been a tough run of games. I think there is a lot of factors, and, and you know, I, I think as, as supporters, probably there's there's just been this wee bit of nerve. It's 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 not it's it's a funny thing because you know we've equaled our best ever start in the Premier League. Our defence, which we have given out about since I don't know about you guys, but it, you know. Since uh, almost like the Roy Evans days, you always felt like Liverpool always had this Achilles heel, and then you know it, under Hule and under Rafa Benitez, it sort of sorted itself out to an extent, and we had a strong defence. But we haven't been able, you know, it's been a long time probably since we felt we could rely on our defence to win us games, and all of a sudden we've really got a, a an unbelievably good defence. I mean, there's you know, Dave was saying there, we've got two absolute Athletes, two monsters. I, I, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Um, I would have always put sort of Van Dyke and Alderweireld at, at, right at the top of the centre backs, you know, in, in that league. And honestly, I, I wouldn't swap the pair we have now for for anyone. So we've got all of a sudden, and then this goalkeeper who the, the funny thing with Allison is uh, he's probably got more he can show as well. I think the the the, the game he showed. Really, that it can be a game changer was the Chelsea game. You know, where at one 0 there was a couple of times where there were big, big saves from William and Hazard, where you were like, oh, "This guy comes off his line and he makes a difference." But all of a sudden, we've got you know a back four and goalkeeper that looks really, really solid. Um, but there's been this frustration that why can't we just get our attack going? And I don't think it's about even putting your foot on the gas. I think it's interesting what Dave said earlier. I mean, I think he is, you know, you're right in what you're saying, Dave, there. And that there's been a, a bit with Klopp where he's, I think he has sized up the league. You know, we've seen obviously that first season where we had the blowout after Christmas. And we, we definitely he adjusted very successfully in rotation. And there's an, almost another dimension to this. The season where we're definitely not manically pressing teams like we would have done. You know, there was times last night where I was watching Manny and he was under, under Klopp in the first and second season. He'd have been tearing in on top of the fullback, but he was happy to let him have it. It was like, you know what? We're winning this game. Have it there. We'll, we'll do our business in other parts of the pitch now. And then um, I think, you know, anyone that says, you know, it'd be churlish to say anything other than we're in a great position. You know, we're, we're, we're joint top of the, of the league, obviously. We'd, we've got a really good squad. Fabinho now looks like he's, you know, hopefully going to establish himself. And you, you just look at that run of games, and I, I agree with Ums there and what you're saying. Like, you know, the I, I don't look at Arsenal and think 
you know, they're on a really good run. They've won so many games. But so many of those games, like their first two games of the season, they played, I think it was Chelsea and they played City. They lost them both. I've seen their games against um, Everton and, 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 and Watford and I've watched them games. And they just, they, they I think they've rode their luck a lot. I think they give up a lot of chances. And I think their current rate of winning is not sustainable the way they defend. So, yeah, it is. It's, it's an opportunity. Now, the next run of the games are definitely an opportunity. We've got to, the reality is, and, and you know, myself and Dave have spoke about this many times, the reality is that City are a juggernaut. The City team are an incredible team. And, and they're there better. Is a, uh, yeah, and they're better. And they're, and they're, exactly. And there's a heartbreaking thing to almost, you don't want to think about it now, but I genuinely believe that this Liverpool team could well outdo Brendan Rodgers' points total. They could outdo Rafa's best season. Uh, yes, this Johnny, this team, could, this team could get 100 points and not win the league. That is the reality yeah. of it. This team could easily yeah. get 90 points and not win the league. Well, this is the, that's the number I'm thinking of. Because yeah, I think if you get... I think if you get a hundred points to win the league, you starting to think that a Bruce Grabler is right about the curse or whatever. But but I do have this this thing where I'm thinking we could get ninety points this season and not win the league because of City and that I know that, we'll we'll have to wait and see. There's a lot of football. There's a lot of things can happen and injuries and you know it's always interesting after March when the Champions League really heats up and you start to see the real pressure. Of big big games after big big game and pre and I suppose the one thing about City which we haven't considered maybe is you know last season they were impeccable but they were never put under pressure you know they didn't have anyone near them I think everybody even come you know Christmas everybody was like the league's gone it's done and they never had that pressure how will they react going out onto the pitch maybe at five o'clock on a Saturday half five kickoff if they're not top or there's a team breathing down their neck we don't know. So that's the interesting part, but um, no, listen, we're in a great we're in a great position, and the squad looks really good, and the next run of fixtures, we deserve that run of fixtures <laughs> after what the, what's gone before. So we 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 you know it's been a really tough tough run of games. So hopefully now we can push on, absolutely. But a lot to look forward to. I think that's the main thing. You know, you want to be as a Liverpool supporter. I feel like we're in the mix to win the Champions League and we're in the mix to win the league. When was the last time, genuinely, we could say that? Probably quite a while. Yeah, long, long, long time. Um, a decade at least. Um, so, yeah, I mean, coming back to those games, when we mentioned City, uh, mentioned the the, um, the the possibility that, that you, this Liverpool team could, could rack up a, a whole stack of points and not win the league. There is also the possibility they could they could rack up the points and, and win the league. So um on on that kind of note, the next three games as we, we mentioned, Dave, um Cardiff, Arsenal away and uh, Fulham at home. How do you see them going? And uh yeah, do you think there'll be much rotation going on there and how do you how, yeah, how do you see it? Do you, will we take the nine? I can, when I think about stuff like this, I can only think of looking to points in the past where there's some type of reference, and you know there's loads of parallels to be drawn last year with this year and last year. You know, Mane Mane didn't start the season particularly well last year, if you remember. 
Like, it wasn't until nearly Christmas where he really got going. Firmino was, yeah, Firmino was type, kind of the same with his goals. Um, Salah scored the same number of goals this year at this point as he had last year. Um, and then we had the, the, the Maribor game where we ran seven in and we looked amazing. And that was after the Spurs debacle, if you remember. And from that point, after that Maribor game, we really started to kick on. Now, the difference this year, obviously, is that with the points total, you know, with, with 10 more points than we did, with our goal difference is about plus 15 better and things like this. So I can only hope with a certain amount of expectation that from this point now, similar to last year, if Klopp has prepared the team in the same way, but obviously with the, the improvements in the squad depth, that this is where we now see a sustained improvement, not only in results, but in performance, that we could potentially see three pretty convincing victories and I'm even throwing Arsenal in there. And I'd go maybe as far as to say, you know, four or five convincing victories where it's, oh, Liverpool have clicked. The final, This has finally happened. We were wondering when this is going to happen. When Klopp's sitting smugly in the background going, you idiots, this was planned all along. And you've seen this previously. And don't forget, guys, and a lot of people seem to forget this, this stupid thing flying around social media that Klopp's a loser and he loses finals, blah, blah, blah. Klopp's won two league titles. He knows how to manage a team through a title-winning campaign. So yeah, he, he is... Very good by a Munich side as well. Uh, but this, well, this is, again, the other parallel. A hugely dominant, both player or talent-wise and financial-wise... Bayern Munich side and that's what you've got that's what we're up against that's what we're up against with City so you know there's there's every chance that he is going to systematically manage this team and we'll question formations and performances and team selections and things like that the whole way through the season because that's what we do and that's why we're here and if we didn't what else would we have to talk about other than oh isn't the manager great but ultimately there's a history of doing this, and we've seen a pattern from last year, um, certainly in the performances and, and the patterns, um, but we just look better. And I can only imagine that from this point now, we start to see a, a, a Liverpool side that's more reminiscent of the one we remember from the back end of last year. Yeah, I mean, what, what you say is, Spot on, really. Um, we didn't kick on until after the the, the Spurs game. Uh, we haven't had those horrible defeats at, at Spurs and City this year, and and that sort of ties in uh, with with other parallels in the uh, uh, with with Klopp's Dortmund, for example. I mean, um, it was in his third season, a third full season at Dortmund that they they won the league, and uh, uh, the big big difference in the or what what changed massively for them was that they stopped conceding goals they, I think they conceded something like it's really really low I mean it's maybe less than 15 goals in that season the first season that they won the league on their club and that was a, a huge difference and um, when you when you look at our goals against the column this year yeah we haven't scored as many we haven't quite clicked in the in the gear yet but 
as you rightly mentioned, all that all that um, kind of blister and form came after this point last year. And uh, if if we can if we can get that going and combine it with the the meanness and the general, I mean, it's not like we're um, in any way last ditch or or we're having to throw in amazing tackles or the keepers having to make wonder saves. I mean, the way we're controlling games in terms of the the chances we give up um, and 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 the um, yeah the opportunities and the expected goals for opposition. I mean, it, it's minute. So. Um, it's a. It's also a parallel there, um, not just with with Liverpool of last year, but with, with Klopp's Dortmund from from way back when. Um, so it's it is interesting. So I mean, it would seem, and I was kind of of this opinion anyway going in that uh, I think we said on our, our last podcast, which was under a different name, um, about we were, we were chatting about us not playing so well, but but still uh, getting the results. And and after nine games, as I say, we're we're set very nicely and we've got a nice run of fixtures to go. So, Umara, essentially, I'm, I'm coming to you to sort of wrap up on this. Um, how, how would you assess where we are? Are we where we want to be? Is everything rosy in the garden? And, and, and how good or is this Liverpool team? How far can it go? Yeah, I think everything's brilliant. It's just uh, you, you can't, the stats don't lie. I mean, you can't, we're unbeaten in the league. We're are we joint top still? Uh, but obviously not on goal difference. So you get some people saying, no, you're actually second. But OK, <laughs> we're, we're, we're joint on points anyway. Um, there's not a whole hell of a whole lot you can complain about. You can complain maybe that the team isn't um, linking up the way it did last year. But, you know, we're so much more better off than we were at this season last year, like you said. So um, it's only going to get better, hopefully. The defence at the moment with the goalkeeper as well the addition of him just looks amazing the midfield we've got options there to change things about like we mentioned with the formations there's lots of things that Klopp can do there up front as well we've got Sturridge um, that can come on off the bench if we we need him it's just uh, there's not really anything to complain about to be honest Um, yeah so I think we're exactly where we want to be Um, you we all expect City to to win the league. I think that's a, the general consensus. But you just never know if we stay in touch. Um, as John said, the pressure is it, the, sometimes pressure does funny things to you. I mean, they didn't have any last year, did they? So you never know. If as long as we stay in touch and we keep, you know, just uh, in just kicking their heels, they're there's a lot that can happen so I think we're exactly where we want to be and we haven't been playing our best football either so that's a bonus to be where we are in in that situation yeah I mean absolutely I mean, things things certainly seem to bode well and I would agree I think we're we're poised exactly where uh, you would want us to be and and the pressure question is is or the pressure point that you make is is also pertinent because you just never know. Um, Guardiola has this kind of well. First of all, City are, are defended champions. That that also adds a, a little bit of uh, makes it slightly different. Adds a little bit of, of pressure there. Um, secondly, Guardiola's got this kind of perfection complex. Almost he, he always wants to challenge in all competitions. They're still in all competitions, and and they've got that added kind of pressure of of City's 
owner's desire to, to win the Champions League, something that they've never done. Of course, we put them out in the quarters last year, so um, so towards the end of the season, they, they, they've had domestic cup and, and, and just the league to focus on. So they're still in all four. And if if you're if you're blowing teams away every week and and winning a canter and then you look behind you and all of a sudden or not even all of a sudden just that guy behind you is still there you you, you can't shake them off you can't shake this team off that's also got to eat away at you a little bit so you know maybe we're clutching the straws a bit but I think I think Liverpool could definitely challenge and and we'll see what happens in in that regard. Well, you see, Chief, the thing is in a league campaign that. Looks as though it's going to be as as tight as it is. You know, I'm going to discount Chelsea, probably knowing me prematurely, because I've seen in the past how Sarri doesn't, kind of refuses to rotate players. So they're going to burn out. Um, Spurs the same. And they, they almost already look like they're burnt out. Um, and they, all it takes... In a, in a campaign as tight as this, is the the much maligned mystic wobble that happens yeah. that can last maybe three or four games, and that's that has on so many occasions decided titles. A wobble where a team drops the drop eight points in four games, like that's fucking massive. Eight points in four games is massive. That could be another team six points ahead of you after being level. So if we can get to the point where we can just hang in there and something happens and this, you know, whether it's an injury, whether it's whatever, a, a, a weird result, some off the pitch scenario, we just don't know. If something happens to wobble that city team for, for three or four matches and we're on their heads and we take advantage of that, then, then it's ours to lose. And then you start thinking, that we do have the squad and we do have the manager and he knows how to manage the situation. So we'll see. But if we can hang in there, as Umar rightly says, until we get to, you know, February, March time and we see where we are, then then let's keep our fingers crossed and see what happens. Absolutely. Yeah, the, I mean the game at the Eddie had already looks like it's gonna be it's gonna be a decider, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be, be pretty monumental. Um, so yeah, just before we, we finish off, Johnny, any anything to add on on the Reds and how we are? No, um, nothing more. I think the guys have said it all there. You know, we're right on the manx is where we want to be. The squad's good. We've got Kata to come back. We've got. I, I just think we're in for a really exciting season, and I don't know. You know, I, I really want Klopp to get a trophy because I am getting a bit sick of this. You know. This narrative about, you know, I do see some people comparing, yeah, and comparing them to Mourinho as well, which I find quite comical. It's like, you know, United fans talk about... You couldn't even compare Hitler to Mourinho. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, they talk about about Mourinho because of the League Cup and the Europa League that he won. And obviously Klopp lost a League Cup and a Europa League in his first season. But that's where it ends, you know. Mourinho was lucky in that we, we unfortunately had to play Man City in the final and we had to play Sevilla. They had to play uh, Southampton and an Ajax youth team and they won both their finals. But the reality is that three years after Klopp, you look at Liverpool, and three years after 
Mourinho. You look at the state of Man United, and we're in a place oh, where geez. we're competing. Yeah, we're we're playing good football. We've got top players. The team last night. Uh, I did see uh, there was a tweet from Dave Hendrick last night where he put on. Uh, the, the guy that does a lot of work with Anfield Index, and he did make a tweet that made me think. He put out a tweet that said, this is probably one of the best, strongest 1-11 teams we've put out since even our late 80s top teams. You know, that's you know, in that's terms of, not too far off the mark, though. You know, exactly. You know, when you think about it, from goalkeeper right the way through, I mean, you look at the goalkeeper, you look at the fullbacks, young fullbacks, big careers ahead of them at Liverpool, massive. You know, Trent, to me, could go down as he, Trent can do anything he wants in terms of the legacy he leaves. He's, you know, he's got the lot. The centre backs, you just look at the age of that team and. It's, we're in such good shape. We've got a brilliant team, and I would like us, you know, to get a bit of silverware. Ideally, a league or a European Cup would be amazing. Um, but an FA and they've Cup got experience so- now as well. I mean, last season, okay, they didn't win anything, but last year we we had the Champions League run all the way. Um, and you know, I think some more mature team as well. They're, they've kind of matured mentally as well. I agree. This is, like to hear. Really this is what I like to hear. A bit of positivity, a bit of belief. Enjoy this. Really? Because, me- you know, like we we are, like you said, winning games that are controlling games a bit more, managing them a bit more, um, better than we did before, where we might have conceded two or three or one or whatever. Um, it just seems, yeah, it seems that we, you know, that, that experience has, has helped us. You know, so you've got to go through the bad times to get to the good bit parts as well, isn't it? You don't just, you learn. That's the thing. You don't lose. And that was a big thing, wasn't it? That's a big thing, Amara, as well. With the whole club thing, you build and you get there. And that's where it feels like we're going now. That it's happening, doesn't it? That's the thing. You can see it, feel it happening. And how many, I don't know if you've watched the documentary on the clock to the cop, or I think it was called, and how many times he failed with Mainz. When they oh, just yeah. got relegated yeah, three absolutely. three years in a row, they lost out by a point or a goal or something. Yeah, they almost um, yeah, been they, the first time ever, and they came back. Yeah, and it's just you think, wow. I mean, unless I'd, I'd have given up, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, but you know, these are the guys that that stick to it, get you know, learn from it, and that, you know, that's where he is today because of those things. Isn't it evident though, even in individual matches, where you just know if we, if you know, if we take a beating that. We're we're gonna we're gonna come back and we're gonna win the next game. We're gonna win. Whenever we take a beat and we always go back to rights and wrongs. And even in, in following seasons, when we know we've taken a beat at that ground, we're gonna go back and we're gonna sort it out the next time. And that kind of makes me excited for for the city game at the Etihad. Was that um, the Spurs game last year? I mean, it was it was pivotal. That was like a watershed moment. We were brilliant after that. Well, exactly. You know, that's it's, it's so probably you, we, maybe that's probably, we needed it. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the best example that there is. But you know, mm. as you were saying, that I'm not going to get into it now because we're pretty much out of time. But yeah. um, that's what happens when you when you employ a, a long term strategy and you don't try and push for immediate success. We have something that that builds towards an end goal and it's sustainable. And that's ultimately, you know, down to down to the manager and down to the owners. So this this is. A golden age, and you know, just enjoy it, well, because they, because they don't last. Absolutely, I mean, I mean, you make a good point. We seem to have symbiosis 
at the club at the moment, which is nice because it's kind of crept up on us <laughs> from nowhere, and and uh, we may as well enjoy it while it lasts because, as you say, it's their ne- these uh, periods never seem to last for that long. So we shall leave it there then. I think um, I think we've we've covered just about everything that uh, there is to to talk about with uh, Liverpool just just now. We. Covered the the Champions League match uh, against Red Star. We talked a little bit about the, the front three, the new signings, uh, the next few games, and then we 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 kind of took it a little bit further and looked uh, looked to how good or how far this Liverpool team can go. So um, yeah, it just remains for me then to um, thank thank my guests Umara. Dave and John, and uh, just to go around them and get them to, to give you their, their Twitter handles. So, uh, uh, John, do you want to take it away? Yeah, so my Twitter handle is at Tubanlad, T-O-O-B-A-N-L-A-D, and I usually just be ranting about anything from football to politics as well. So, um, yeah, give me a wee follow. Excellent, excellent. And Umara, do you want to do the same? Yeah, it's um, underscore U M A R A, and I just um, talk a lot of rubbish as well. So <laughs> you can try me out if not unfollow me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice one, nice one. And Dave, are you gonna are you gonna share with us this week? No, I'm a shit follow. Don't follow me. <laughs> don't definitely don't follow. Uh, I vouch for David that. Yeah. Done an 81. <laughs> definitely don't don't follow that. All right, um, so I'm at Neil1980. You can follow me if you want, but please don't complain if you do. Um, Thank you very much for listening, and we shall be back um, shortly enough.